we know he has a good tight end. We know he has a good running game. We know he has a strong arm quarterback. You know, so the real trick here is to is to put you know that one other arrow in his quiver, and that's that's the deep threat. You could say that it's been a minute since you've heard that oh-so-special intro music or Tony saying something very clever for our cold open. There's really only one thing it could mean. It means the football season is literally right around the corner, the dogs are practicing, and you are listening to episode 89 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, but I am merely just one of three who make up the WSLS podcasting crew. You just heard from Tony Waller, a.k.a. Tyler Dogden, in our little opening sequence. And then there's Will Leach, who will also be joining the show, as usual, for this episode. But one person, however, will remain absent, and that's yours truly. Sure, you'll hear me again saying the outro after Will and Tony are done breaking down the first day of UGA's fall camp football practice. But I missed this episode, and why? Well... I moved today. I moved my house. And here's something I learned. If you have a lovely, understanding wife and three kids and you move out of your home that you've lived in for 12 years, it's best not to cut out early so you can go sit down with your buddies and record a podcast about football. (laughs) Yeah, so Tony and Will obliged to do so without me. I should be back by next week. I mean, how long can a move take? But nevertheless, we'll get into more of that and when I'm going to live where and what's going on later. And real quick, in this episode, Tony and Will pull back the very first layer of what the 2017 Georgia football team might just look like. They address expectations and whether they're realistic or not, and finish up with a quick schedule of our own upcoming show recordings for the season. So no need to make you wait any longer. We've made you wait long enough. Here's Will to kick us off. Hello and welcome to season three of the Wait Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm Will Leach. Who, who am I talking to? Pretty sure it's Tony Waller. All right, Tony Waller. Scott Duvall is not here because Scott is, uh, I, he, I'm, I don't know where he lives yet. <laughs> I think that August I'm, is going to be touch and go for him a little bit because he is in between homes. I'm working on the assumption that he has gotten a new uh, uniform palette, and he is studying that diligently. <laughs> yes, yeah, and, and claiming that he's in between houses, but he's actually just uh, he's he's in a he's in a closet with just 360 mirrors around, just with different black uniforms, uh-huh. checking them out. Uh, but we are back. It is season three. I'm very excited that we are back for season three. Uh, I want to give everyone a little idea of what you're in for for the month because we are now all going to be on a weekly schedule until the season starts, which is very exciting. It means that this is happening. This means this is all coming together. We are going to be in a weekly schedule until the season starts. Of course, we'll be doing two shows a week then. Uh, but this is your little season three opener. It's, it, we have to keep it short because Scott, apparently busy with all of his uniforms, does not have time to do too long of a podcast. Uh, too long of a podcast. But we're going to keep this one short just to let you know that we're back and we're still running. Uh, then next week, we're going to do our national preview, which we'll do, of course, our regular Georgia updates like we'll do here in a moment. Then we'll do our national preview, uh, focusing on everything but the SEC. So you can skip that one because who cares about those other conferences, right? Well, I, you know, 
I mean, I think we're two confirmed Big Ten fans, but, you know, yeah, beyond that. I'm just trying to be part of the team. That, <laughs> um, and then, So the week after that, we'll do our SEC preview, team by team, uh, getting real, so on in that one. And then Monday, August 21st, we will do a full – the official uh, – we'll be taping on the 21st. Our full Georgia team preview will go position by position. We'll go game by game. That will be the – all of them are essential, of course, but that moment will be particularly essential. And then on come the week after that, it'll be game week. We'll actually just be previewing the Appalachian State game, which is pretty exciting. It's starting to all come together. We are back going again. Are you? Do you feel game ready yet, Waller? Well, I mean, here's the funny thing about it. Today, practice started today, um, and I got really excited this morning when I, when I went outside because there was a crisp in the air, and it felt a little bit like football. I think it's time for we uh, – I think it's time we got on it because I'm I'm tired of this wandering through the wilderness. It's been a long time since whatever bowl game it was that we played in. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we spent plenty of time talking about basketball and baseball and whatever happens between football seasons. But uh, I'm excited to talk about some football. I can guarantee, loyal, waiting since last Saturday podcast listeners, there will be no soccer on this podcast or any podcast until the season starts. That is my solemn vow. You have the Will Leach Guarantee. So, Will, you went to the last soccer match yet? No, 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 no. Yes, yes. Bobby, Bobby, now done with sports for until Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. uh, until Thanksgiving weekend. Um, So, I will say, uh, I was funny. I obviously uh, practice started today. It's usually very exciting for me because, you know, as I've mentioned to you, I live in Five Points. I jog. Um, I run every day, and I run right through. Like I run right around segment. I run right around the whole area. Like I, for me, w- when practice starts, it's always exciting because they're out there and I see them. That is no longer the case. There's a big, <laughs> massive new building there. I no longer can uh, can hear everybody running around in there. They're all closed off, not just to media, but for jogging national media that happens to be going by. <laughs> there is no longer any access. Uh, what did you see? Uh, I'm going to try to do a podcast with uh, Seth Emerson, our, our annual pre- big preseason podcast with Seth Emerson. I'm going to try to do one of those in the next month. But I'm curious. I've been reading a lot of their preview. Uh, what Did you see anything for the first day of practice? What are the things? Obviously, it's the first day of practice, so all sorts of weird things. You don't know what's going to go down. Uh, it's hard to get too much of a grasp on it. But certainly the first week, what are you looking for? What are the things that in the little tidbit morsel nougat little pieces of news that Kirby Smart allows to come out from these close practices. Are you looking for anything in particular? Well, I'm looking for a couple things. The first thing I'm looking for, and he almost led off this press conference with this, is something about the offensive line. We spent a lot of time, everyone spent a lot of time parsing the offensive line last year. I, I traded some messages back and forth with a couple of fans that are, you know, people I'd confidants and and we were kind of rehashing last year and still remains amazing to me that the best left tackle we had on our football team was a transfer from Rhode Island. Now, I, I, he certainly had the body for it. Uh, he did not have the footwork for it, but uh, you know that I, I want to see some improvement out of the offensive line. If we can't, if we're not getting improvement out of, out of the offensive line, great. Let's do something different. So that's the first thing. And he, he addressed uh, Coach Smart addressed the both the the fact that we have more depth on the offensive line and the fact that you know we're going to see a lot of rotations in practice. The second thing I'm looking for is 
somebody, anybody um, stepping up receiver. Um, you know, uh, apparently there were some nuggets about a couple of guys looking really good out of the slot and actually working more out of the slot. And then the third thing is um, who's going to be starting a star. I mean, I think defense is going to be a, hopefully it's going to be a highlight. I think you and I agree that it will be uh, based on some things we talked about back in the spring, but the key, you know, are we going to be our good defense or great defense or truly elite defense? And uh, a lot of that will be uh, dispositive on how well this football season goes, because we can complain a lot about the offense and, and there's room to complain about offense from 2016, but as a defense, we were, you know, wholly mediocre, particularly once other teams got inside our 30 yard line um, in, in converting touchdowns into field goals or no scores whatsoever will be huge for this team in my mind, especially if we continue to struggle on offense. Yeah. And I want to get into a little bit of the offensive line in a second, because I think if there's anything that this team is going to rise or fall on, it's whether they get that figured out. Um, I clearly that was the issue last year, but it's funny, you know, now that they're back and now that everybody's back, I've mentioned this on last podcast. I find the media, the, the kind of the media policy that uh, coach smart has to be unnecessary and uh, something that I'm not sure even he really believes. He just kind of feels like he needs to be saving uh, in that regard. But it's funny because, like, uh, you know, they had the big preseason uh, news conference and Lorenzo Carter. I don't know if you see any of the stuff that Lorenzo Carter said today, but like, it was really great. Like, you know, this is like, you know, this is the first time you've really been able to talk to him. Chip Towers had a nice piece about it today, basically talking about how Lorenzo Carter, like, really feels the same frustrations that I think a lot of Georgia fans feel. You know, this is a guy that's, uh, he talked about, this is his actual quote, I need to win something, man. I finished high school with four rings, coming here to Georgia and having a legacy of the G. It's been a minute. That's one of those phrases, by the way, that like, I'm too old to use, but I totally love, it always sounds good when young people say it. Uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since Athens had something to celebrate. So that's it, trying to come back and give people a reason to be happy. It's funny, as Towers points out, Carter actually won four state championships in high school. So, you know, I always think it's better when you get to hear from athletes and you get to hear their kind of passion for coming into the season. And I think, you know, that kind of, there's going to be a lot of pressure uh, on this team, but I think really from the get go this year, I find it good to hear players like that who are just ready to just kind of run through a wall from the first day of practice who are frustrated with how things have gone the same way the fans are frustrated with how things have gone. Yeah. You know, the funny, the, the, not the funny, the interesting thing about that is that, you know, I, I try to be very careful to temper, you know, early, early camp, happy talk with, you know, looking at realities of the um, realities. Right. And, and I, I, I like to hear Lorenzo Carter say things like that because I think it's important for us to step back and look at, okay, you know, we expect him. He's a senior. He came back. He issued uh, a, a probable NFL career. All right, it's certainly getting drafted in a later round uh, or maybe higher to come back and play for this team as a senior. And I think he did it, you know, with a kind of a you know, clear, clear eyes and full heart and, you know, to, to go, you know, cliche sports talky. But the point of the matter is, is that he sounded like he is ready to get out there and knock some heads. And I know these guys have got to be ready to do that. And I, I think that's the sort of fire determination. Maybe we, we missed a little bit last year uh, leadership wise. And I'm glad to see that. So we talk about that offensive line. That is really the question because it does feel like a defense 
It's strange, you know, I, I think this is another example of why. One thing I've noticed since I've gotten here is everyone is very obsessed, uh, even even with Bobo, who is a good offensive coordinator. Uh, if there's anyone that's under pressure this year, more than anyone else, it's Jim Chaney. Uh, Seth Emerson wrote a great piece for Dog Nation about kind of like the history of Chaney's offenses, and he noted, it's funny, he's a Ch- really the only time that Chaney has had a top 25 offense the last time I had it was 2005. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. been 2005, and it's been Purdue. And as he kind of put it, you want Purdue Jim Cheney, not Tennessee or Arkansas Jim Cheney. And I think if there's anything, if there's anyone with something to prove this year from the get-go, it is, as the solid verbal puts it, uh, offensive, uh, offensive consultant uh, Jim Cheney. Uh, he's kind of bounced around from job to job and, and really kind of gotten promoted each one of these jobs. But this feels like the definitive, he's He's got to get this figured out. Yeah, I think the hard part about it is that he has, uh, when he's had his best offenses, has when he's had a strong arm quarterback and enough running game to take the pressure off of um, off that quarterback, and and then you combine that with good tight end play and at least one deep threat. So. That's one of the reasons I want to see the wide receiver, maybe a slot receiver, step up is because we know he has a good tight end. We know he has a good running game. We know he has a strong arm quarterback. You know, so the real trick here is to is to put you know that one other arrow in his quiver, and that's that's the deep threat. You know, but the the thing about Cheney that that frustrates me, he has gone in places and made otherwise mediocre quarterbacks look okay uh nathan peterman comes to mind at pittsburgh um and he he did that very much on the backs of uh, what's the running back that that had cancer and came back last year um yeah yeah, yeah. yeah for 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 pittsburgh mm-hmm. uh james connor right mm-hmm. um he did that really because he because he was able to take pressure off peterman i think the one piece missing last year was offensive line play now i think we could have some debate about Eason missing deep throws or not having the deep threat or, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is that offensive line play both made our running game less dynamic and also put Eason in a situation where he was under pressure, you know, really from the back of his fifth step. And that's, that's a tough place for any quarterback to be in, and particularly for a freshman. I feel like uh, inevitably uh, because this is Georgia, uh, quarterback is going to end up being the, he's going to get asked about every day not just Eason of course who all the pressure is on but that question of okay is is uh, when do they make a decision uh, about Fromm now that Ramsey's back does that potentially put a red shirt for Fromm back on the table uh I still feel like there's there's that's going to be a question that we're going to ask every single day uh, and never get an answer from even after the season has started, <laughs> to be entirely honest. But is there any sort of news that comes out about the quarterback situation that you feel like we can we can glom anything from? No, I mean, I think I think Kirby's going to say, you know, all the right coach speak things through through camp. Now, if he starts. You hear him talk, start talking about we don't know maybe Fromm's going to take take some snaps with the ones and then we're in game yeah. week. Yeah, there's something well, that's, different. Right. There's some, that's something different in quality and quantity than the you know Fromm's pushing him or Ramsey's pushing him. They're all looking good. They're all taking snaps with the ones. Um, I, all the indications I'm hearing is it, this is this is Easton's job and in Fromm. 
um, as, as much a competitor he is, he is providing the role that you want a new freshman that uh, that's highly touted to, to provide uh, to a you know a seasoned veteran, even though he's just a sophomore. Is that is he's pushing him, he's making him get better, and he's actually making him focus on. He's fo- it makes him focus on, on you know quarterback team leader things. Frankly, I, I was a little worried that Jake. Eason did not have last year. I mean, Jake Fromm came out of, I mean, that was his team. He was, he was quarterback for three seasons. So he's, he, he's been a leader, right? I think he, I think Jake Eason can learn a lot from Jacob Eason can learn a lot from Jake Fromm, just kind of being around the guy. And, you know, before you, you know, don't at me though, if that's the case, he should start. <laughs> right. um, I, I don't, I, you know, I, don't, I know you're not going to do that, but I'm just saying that's, I think you have to trust the, I think you have to trust the coaches to make the decision that you think that that they that they are going to put the player that gives them the best opportunity to win on the field. Um, which gets back to to your original question, which is, you know, unless we hear really interesting comments that week of first that week of uh, game prep for uh, for App State, Jacob Eason is your one with a star. I have been, if there's been one motif that I've had during my time on this podcast here, it has been uh, frustration with quarterback play. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, but I have to say, I. I now, I remember you were a big Grayson Lambert fan from day one. I really thought Lambert was going to be the guy that beat Alabama. I really thought that was going to happen. Um, so yeah, so obviously <laughs> I've had, uh, I've had my questions about quarterback, but I have to say, and I mentioned this on, on one of our, uh, our, our back in, back in season two, way back then, that I still don't quite get the frustration with Ethan. Uh, and <clears throat> it's funny. I hate to bring this up and I apologize in advance. They've been showing on ESPN's family of networks uh, th- this last week. They, they did that countdown of the best, I think, 10 or 20, however many games of last season. Of course, number six, I believe it was number six, six or seven on that list, was the Georgia-Tennessee game. I'm sorry. I apologize for breaking it up. But it is worth noting that— Well, it's too soon. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's going to be It's gonna be 50 years from now. It's going to be too soon. <laughs> but it is worth noting that, like, it was funny because I was actually watching it with my son, and he actually asked me to turn it off after the, the, the touchdown that Georgia got with 19 seconds, saying, Daddy, I cried for 20 minutes last time. I don't know how I'm going to handle it this time, which makes me feel like, wow, he is actually more comfortable. <laughs> He's actually more indoctrinated into Georgia football than his father is. Because <laughs> I'm just like, you know, maybe we'll learn something. He's like, shut it off. He's, and actually, he actually is healthier about it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, But it's funny, though, because, again, when you watch the way that broadcast went, the, on that last drive that Georgia was putting up, the thing they kept showing, they kept showing the, the drive of the Missouri game. And the whole notion was Eason has shown the poise as a freshman quarterback to be able to pull this off. And then he did. <laughs> and then he did. And through this incredible pass. And really, and really, even before then, you know, you forget how they were behind. They were in trouble on that drive. And he's the one that makes a good pass. And he makes that touchdown pass. For me, to get that stuff out of a freshman, I feel like in a sane, rational world would make us much more excited about going into our so- his sophomore season as opposed to focusing on kind of his issues last year. Well, we Georgia fans, and we're not the only ones that do it, but we Georgia fans have expectations. And we expect all of our quarterbacks to be Matt Stafford. We expect all of our running backs to be Herschel Walker. We expect all of our linebackers to be Jarvis Jones. And the you know, the funny thing about it, and I say that tongue in firmly tongue in cheek because of an exchange that happened back earlier, maybe May, um, 
because I was talking about my excitement about Lorenzo Carter and um, and Diamond Bellamy, and you know somebody said, and rightly so, that 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 he thought that Georgia fans were overrating these guys. Now I wasn't overrating them. I think they can be very good, but if if we're going to set the bar, at Jarvis Jones, Matt Stafford, and Herschel Walker, um, we're always going to be disappointed in in the next guy, right? And I think that's I think a lot of people expected to see Matt Stafford. Senior Matt Stafford out of Jacob Eason as a freshman. The reality is, is that freshman Jacob Eason looked eh, a lot like sophomore Matt Stafford. <laughs> which, if if we get if we get junior Matt Stafford plus you know uh, Garrison Hurst running back, I'll take that out of our two running backs. I'll take that this year. What did you think about Georgia being not just the SEC favorite coming out of Media Day, but the overwhelming favorite coming out of out of Media Day? Is that is that a good thing or because uh, it feels like whether it's justified or not, I kind of feel like that sets the expectation to a level that, frankly, it probably should be set. Well, yeah, and I think the part of it that that is interesting to me is I've I've read a couple of people that justified their their vote for Florida, and and you can't argue. With their justification, which is Florida um, last year uh, played better football than Georgia overall. They were better coached. You know, they won the games they needed to win. And again, I'm, I'm reverting into, you know, radio, blah, blah, blah speak. But um, I, I wonder how much of the media saying, uh, putting towards the overwhelming favorite, is somebody has to win the East, right? <laughs> so, why wouldn't it be Georgia? Um, you know, I and, and we'll get to our predictions in a couple yeah, we, of weeks. Yeah, we but, time for that. Right. But, you know, I, I think when you sit down and, and objectively look at talent across the board, Georgia has a talent advantage on the rest of the SEC East. So are the media simply throwing their hands up and we're like, well, talent wise, they're the ones, or are they are they banking on are they banking on Kirby Smart taking the next step as a coach and his coaching staff bringing this team together and you know kind of melding the, all the pieces becoming more than the sum of their parts? I, I think that's I, I like to think that's what you're seeing. Although there are still some very important and very knowledgeable national writers um, who don't are not buying. So you know that's that'll be. I think that I think the key uh, I think the key in my mind is to see how we play early and how we respond actually to our first successes because I think we came out last year against North Carolina and I can't say for certain that the everybody let up a little bit but it sure felt like again that next week against Nickel State that we let up and um, I, I, I think. I, look, a hallmark of Nick Saban's football teams, and what I'm actually hoping we get out of Curry Smart, we get nothing else out of the Nick Saban line, is that intense focus on every single detail from the day from the day you start playing football until the day the season's over, and then the the next morning is when the next season starts, because that's what you hope to get out of a Nick Saban and a Bill Belichick football coach. That brings us to, I think. How different, and we're going to close with this before we, we, we wrap because I don't want, I don't want Scott to, to get buried. <laughs> um, is think about this is the different vibe of this year camp opening as opposed to a year ago. I mean, I, I joked about this before, but I'm just going to guess 
that Kirby Smart is not on the commemorative cups this year, <laughs> the How way that, that he was last year. And that's not to say that people hate him or anything, but like, you know, last year it's like, okay, here comes the savior. And now it's quite clearly not that. I think that that's why I kind of like that they're predicted to win the East because it sets a clear bar. Like if, if he does not win the East now, uh, this year, it's, like it's going to get uncomfortable for him. I don't think he's going to be in trouble or anything, but like it's going to get uncomfortable for him. And I think that speaks to where, you know, as we've discussed many times in this podcast, that speaks to the expectations that have shifted in, in that world. Do you see, do you like, I always, I can never tell. And I've watched him speak and I know he's kind of low. So kind of like focused in on, on Kirby speak and so on. There's never been a moment where he seems like he's lost his, patience with the media but it also never seems like there's been a moment where he's like other than the time that he put the heisman helmet on there's never been the time where he's been like goofy uh either he's still just kind of generally shown no personality which is not who he is by the way the guy totally has a personality but like he clearly feels like he doesn't show it what i'm kind of wondering and i will kind of relate this to my uh to my my frustrating st louis cardinals is uh their manager after having a time where he was totally safe, is now in, in under a lot of fire, and he is responding poorly. He is yeah, res- oh, I think Matheny, Matheny is absolutely letting the pressure get to him. Yeah, and he's responding in a way that it's it's uh, everyone's against me. It's he's he's getting kind of whiny and he's getting kind of petulant. And for me, that's when these things start turning. Not necessarily losses are bad, but what I you know what I so far I think he's clearly had a very even keel about. Because listen, he, he lost five games last year, you know, and people were wanting to boycott the bowl game for crying out loud. You know, the I like there's there's some frustration because the expectations of what he's supposed to do were so high that now, you know, I'm watching him to see if what well, like let's see what like when something bad happens. And something bad always happens. It's a big football team with a lot of players and a lot of things that can go on, and no, nothing ever lands perfect. When something bad happens, does he start to because this is a pressure he's never been under before. I mean, he's a head coach of, uh, you know, he's, he's had that protective Saban buffering and he's never had to face the press and so on. For me, I'm very curious to see that last year was a, certainly a very short honeymoon season, but it was a honeymoon season. Like, there's nothing he could have done last year short of like, of something like a felony after a law after losing to Vanderbilt or losing to Nichols, I suppose, uh, that would have gotten him fired last year. And I don't think it's anything to get him fired this year, but clearly there's a lot less patience this year. And I'm curious to see how I'll handle that. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I, you know, I, the only coach I can think of that went through that period of petulance with the media and others and, and survive was Mike Gundy. Um, and he's grown a mullet now, so I just yeah. assume he's untouchable. Just let it go. Um, right. Yeah, he must. He's got pictures of T Boone Pickens or something. I don't know. But either way, the, the I, I think it feels to me like the opening camp, SEC media days, and the opening camp has been more business like, which I would expect being the second season. But uh, you know, I. Again, it's hard. It's hard to parse the tea leaves on a guy that talks to the media seven minutes and doesn't let the media in for more than ten minutes. And that's fine. I, you know, we can we can discuss media policy another day. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit much, but you know, what, yeah, whatever. Like who cares? Whatever. Right. Whatever. Um, but you know, the the reality is is that you know he 
is under some pressure. Um, I don't think he's in under any more pressure than he would have been last year. We'll see how it goes. You lose to App State, and it could, that could change. Uh, <laughs> yes, but that, that would change, yes. That would change. But, you know, I think right now I think he feels very comfortable, and I think he's actually – generally pleased with the direction this football team is going um he's not pleased with last season but i think he's generally pleased with the direction the football team is going right now um so you know i think we're in, we're in week one everybody's working hard this week next week he's gonna it's gonna be low energy week three is gonna be you know things are coming together and then it's game week so um that's just my prediction based on having watched football coaches for 48 years <laughs> All right, so just th- because this is just kind of our get the get season three going, I want to give as I said a little bit of the schedule. Just so you know, last year, sorry if you really loved last year's podcast because I was rarely on the preview episodes. Sorry, you're going to get more of me on the previews episodes this way this year. That was a bummer of last year. Is one of the to me the fun part of doing this podcast is just sitting and drinking bourbon with you people, <laughs> and, right? And previewing the games, and that was the thing I didn't get to do last year. It was just all of us being hungover on a Sunday morning, going, "Oh, I can't believe that almost happened. Can't believe this is almost lost to Nichols." Um, now remember, not just almost lost to Nichols, but like was trying to just like run the clock out late, <laughs> just like trying to hang on after after that almost turnover late. Like let's 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 move on from that. Sorry. But um, so like I will be back this year, uh, uh, not probably not every week, but almost every week for for preview and post game. And of course, we're doing this show remotely now because we currently don't have a studio because uh, Scott is in between houses. Um, Somebody had to sell their studio. Yes, but we're going to do one at my place here in Five Points. We'll probably go back to the Rook and Pond at, at some point. Maybe we'll do. Maybe uh, Scott will make some sort of deal with Tailgate again. Who knows? But uh, mostly, uh, we're going to have weekly shows until the season starts. And we will have Scott back on, on some of the – if he can remember the schedule. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, on the whole, on the whole, I'm, I'm excited to be back going, man. Hey, man. I've been waiting for a long time for football season, and Will can tell you I've been texting. I've been texting both of them for like three weeks. Guys, let's let's. I'm Jones. Let's do a podcast. I'm yeah, Jones. Let's, let's do going. a podcast. And so I am excited to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we'll be back next week with our big national preview. Hopefully, Scott will be here. Hopefully, we'll be at a bar or at my house uh, drinking some bourbon and uh, and talking about uh, all. Well, I will try not to hijack it with Lovey Smith discussion, but I. I can't guarantee anything. But we are talking national, so. We are talking, yes, we're talking national. And technically, Illinois is in the United States. <laughs> so we got to give them that. Um, all right, Tony, we'll be back uh, next week. This is the season three opener. It is time for football. It's time for football, man. I actually, I, I heard the band practicing. Like things are, like there are, there are, there are, they're doing rush this week. This is all happening now. Oh man, that's going down in town. I love it. Love seeing the people back in town. And yeah. uh, I got a text from a friend of mine that works right down there near uh, near the price facility, and she was like, "Oh my god, it feels so good to hear them out there practicing. It's just lovely." Yeah. And other than the fact that I made a mistake of going to Jay Christopher's for brunch on Sunday, I was like, "All oh, right, yep, students are back. <laughs> students are back." <laughs> hey, I well, you're an a, you're an Athenian, officially Athenian now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Stupid students with their helping our local economy and making our town more important and valuable. Uh, what a bunch of jerks! All right, uh, Tony, we will be back next week, hopefully with Scott for a national preview. But this is season three of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast has begun. Go dogs! Go dogs! And thanks so much for listening. If you're new to our podcast, welcome. You can go back through our archives and listen to some of our older stuff, too. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go listen to last year's UGA Auburn preview, go right ahead. 
But all kidding aside, thanks for stopping by. While you're here, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more people discover our show. It's easy to subscribe and review our podcast right on your iPhone app. I've always read our reviews, both good and bad. And since our last show was in June, we did get another review. So I'm going to read it real quick. It comes from somebody named Athens to Tucson. He or she says, These guys are funny, entertaining, smart, and balanced in their fandom of UGA. Scott and Tony are longtime UGA fans, while Will adds a more nationwide context to the conversation as a somewhat recent transplant to Athens, Georgia, and his career writing for national sports outlets. I guess the tone of that, I didn't really read that correctly. But thanks a lot, Athens to Tucson. I guess he was just kind of stating what we do, and I think he nailed it. That's an awesome review. So that'll do it for this episode. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week for our national preview show. And in about a month, we'll see you on campus, too, for the Georgia-Appalachian State game. Take care.